Hello, welcome to the Therapy Thursday podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Yu, and every single Thursday, I learn lessons from my own therapy sessions and I share them with all of you. I'm so ready to go through and grow through so much with you. Let's go. Hi, Kareen. Hello, Kelly. How are you? I'm so good, and I'm so excited to be talking to you today because Diva Cup has changed my life and the fact that you are the powerful woman behind it blows my mind daily. So we really just want to dig into all of you and all of Diva Cup today. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me. Oh, of course. And I'm curious too, kind of how you got started. And if I can just share, I hate periods and they've been so hard for me my whole life. And I think transitioning to something that made at least that period week less terrible was life-changing for me. I mean, I think the thing that bothered me the most, this might be TMI for everyone, but sleeping with your period. So the fact that yeah. I could sleep with a diva cup, oh my gosh. I know. It, it definitely is a game changer. And crazy enough, so this was an idea that had been stirring around in my mom's mind since she was 13 years old. So she was like a teenager in the 60s, early 60s, and was thinking about this idea and dreaming about this concept of the menstrual cup. And, you know, she just, she also hated her period and she just was so limited by all the activities and she loved being really sporty and she would always climb trees and like do all this stuff. And as soon as she got her period, it was like, that was it. Her, she literally felt her life was over and she couldn't do those things anymore. So this is where kind of the catalyst, this idea, um, but crazy enough, this idea has been around since the 1930s and there's been many versions over the years. And it wasn't until I was 14 years old that my mom uh, discovered the concept existed and just completely blew her mind. And she's like, this is what I've been dreaming about. And where has this been? And, and then she was angry because she's like, why hasn't anyone ever told us about this? And they're keeping this secret. So she was actually in the jewelry business and she was always kind of entrepreneurial and she ended up dedicating the next, I don't know, almost like nine years of her life promoting. And this is back in, I think, 92, promoting and pioneering this category. And it wasn't until I was uh, graduated from university and we just saw that opportunity that this concept really needed to be modernized out of modern materials. And uh, we just had this vision that this is something that could really change many people's lives. We wanted it in the mainstream market. And and that's what we set out to do. And that's that journey um, for actually developing the Diva Cup and and bringing that to market started in 2001. I just can't believe that it started from your mom and the relationship between you and your mom. I mean, I'm so close with my mom. So hearing that it's something you two could bond over because talking about those things, especially when there's an intergenerational difference is is pretty rare. I think even for mothers and daughters, we're both women who are experiencing periods. And have you noticed that even a lot of families and and mother-daughter relationships don't allow for those conversations about things that we're both still dealing with? I know. I, I was really lucky like that. 
in in that way. And I felt um, my mom was very, very open and is very, very open. And even when I first, when she first introduced the menstrual cup concept to me when I was 14, I totally freaked out. And at the time, <laughs> the the cup that she had found was this brown rubber cup. Like it looked like a toilet plunger. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm not going to be using that. And she's like, oh, it's fine. Just try it. It's going to be great. We'll try it together. And, you know, she just, she was so open with me and she's like, it's just a vagina. It's going to be fine. You can just put it in. And, you know, she's just very open like that. And and that definitely served us well over the years because I would say out of the two of us, I'm more reserved and, and kind of more shy. And we'd be at these early trade shows meeting with male buyers and oh, even like we're always the talk of the trade shows because like who who were we? We just show up and out of nowhere and where we brought this idea and my mom's in the aisle like throwing flyers at people and being like, have you heard of the Diva Cup? You need to know about it. And wow, like in the booth going, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed right now. It's so fascinating to hear about your mom, because she grew up in a generation where nowadays it's very trendy and good and positive and encouraged for women to be so outspoken and just be able to say what we want to say and express how we feel. How did your mom build that inner self-confidence and strength? Did that come from her mom? I definitely think so. I have a lot of innovative um, female thinkers in our in our history and definitely my grandmother and uh, her mother, they, they were definitely always ahead of their time, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, but my mom has something for sure very unique at that time. And she was always leading things that she didn't feel right she, uh, like when they weren't allowed to wear um, pants to school. Right. She would she got all the girls organized and it was like the middle of winter and, and they all wore pants and she's like, what are they going to do? Send all of us home. And eventually they, because of that, they ended up changing the policy. So that's the kind of person my mom is. She's just, um, you know, she sees a problem. She's, she's just a thinker. And I'm so grateful that I was around that, that energy. And that's why whenever people ask me like, who's your inspiration? I'm like, it really, it really is her because without, without her and without her fearlessness and her uh, grit and her drive, none of this would, would be, I mean, Diva Cup. And I don't even think this category would be where it is without her contribution to, to this, um, to this whole category. No, not at all. And I love that your mom and you both had this sense of, hey, I want to bring this to the market. Hey, I want to talk about this and normalize this because I think the shame that often came with my period made the period feel like a worse experience. So I'm already hating the cramping. I'm already hating kind of my whole body at the time. And those two things really do coincide when it comes to menstruation time. For any person, there's so much going on, whether it be physical, mental, emotional. And I feel like you too, bringing these conversations and Diva Cup into the world kind of lift that burden at least a little bit when it comes to, hey, guess what? The nitty gritty is you still got to take care of it. 
<laughs> you still got to catch it somewhere. I remember my mom told me, uh, my mom's Chinese and her mom grew up in China and they had to use rags and they wouldn't be able to move for days because they're going to, you know, be ashamed and possibly, you know, spill as they walk around. So they would be Im- immobile in their wow. villages. I mean, that's very common and we've we've definitely seen that in our work over the years and continue to hear these stories. And that's why we're also so passionate about normalizing menstruation and these conversations. And something happened with the product itself that was a little bit unexpected. Um, we never expected the reaction to the Diva Cup the way it was in that it would spark so many conversations Mm. about periods. So part of it happened a little bit organically because people were just so excited when they tried it. I mean, you can testify to that. You've experienced that yourself. Once you are a convert, you really can't stop talking about it and telling people. So this, this movement began and and then that, I think before that, really, um, there wasn't as much of a reason to talk about it. But um, I mean, we all, the only thing you ever heard is, you know, periods suck and all the negative things. But it was like, wow, this product really changed my life. You need to know about it. And these conversations were happening. And, and we saw that movement. That was really, really cool to be part of that and witness that over the years and just see the power of of people and the stories and, uh, you know, really what what we've created, we've just really been a catalyst for that change, but it's been yeah. the people and the users that have really created uh, the shift and the movement. Oh, can I, Karine, sorry, yeah, Kelly, yes, can I ask oh, a yes, please just, do. I want to pop in for a second. Talking about you disrupting the market, what was the response like from the period industry? You know, we talk about your response from men at trade shows and like that experience, but even your own experience with what exists in the market with tampons and pads and other products, how was that experience as you kind of began to pave the way for a new product to really disrupt it and change the way we think about periods? Um, That's a really good question. And I think a lot of that comes down to, um, back to that whole stigma and the shame around menstruation. And there wasn't really an understanding of why there would need to be any innovation in this category. So we faced an enormous amount of pushback from the industry and um, particularly competitors worked pretty hard to keep us out of the category. They, um, I mean, we heard a lot of stories. I bet. What a threat. I mean, revolutionary. Yeah. Like even the buyers would be, um, you know, our competitors would be trying to convince the buyers, you know, don't bother bringing this in. This is just gonna, you know, ruin everything. Like we can show you more money in the category. It's all about dollars and cents at the end of the day. And in the, I mean, what is a category buyer need to show? They need to show profit for their category. So we took us 11 years to get our first mass market national account. And it was not easy. Like it was like pulling teeth and we really had to build 
um, an alternate channel success story before they would even consider us. And it was kind of, we created the demand and we created the movement. And, and then there was some other things that we did strategically that really helped us finally uh, get a yes. But yeah, no one wanted it. Everyone told us we were crazy. We were laughed out of so many meetings. We couldn't even get a lot of meetings, um, even at trade shows. I, I remember even like other competitors were just kind of like snickering at us, like, look at these two, you know, what do they think they're doing here? And, and you know, we were kind of fish out of water because here we are, we're not a big company and Typically, everything, especially 20 years ago at that time, even in the last, until maybe the last few years, I would say 98% of all products on shelf are from big companies that have billions of dollars of behind them that have, you know, their marketing budgets are, um, you know, in the hundreds of millions or, you know, 30 plus to a hundred plus million dollars for, you know, the Tampax budget kind of thing. So, you know, this is what we were up against. So it's, it's pretty much a miracle that that we even ever got on shelf. Um, But that just came from, from that focus and that drive that uh, we knew this we just didn't give up. We just knew that this would change the world. And we knew that that women and menstruators needed this product. And we weren't going to stop until we saw it on every shelf. Well, I'm so glad you did because I truly didn't know there were other options until I was even approached to do something with Diva Cup. That's the thing. I was always using tampons and I hated them because I tend to get a lot of yeast infections. I've always had a very sensitive system. And so every time around my period, I would get a yeast infection. And so not that any product causes or cures having one or not, but having something like a Diva Cup just changed me in so many ways. And it is very frustrating to see there is such a discomfort or stigma around new things in general. So what you're saying about trying to bring it into the market, me and talking to my friends, I've, right. I gave my sister's best friend, her roommate, two Diva Cups that I had been sent. I said, please, you want to try this? Please, I will give them to you. I will buy you to to try and she was still scared and I said totally I know. understand I still have family and friends like immediate in my immediate family that don't use it <laughs> no. that were that won't try it and uh, you know what it's it's not for everybody I no. think they don't realize what they're missing out on <laughs> they don't and, um because it's it's I don't know I I personally find um you know, especially, you know, tampons never really worked well for me. And, and yeah, let's get into that. Kareen, I will say that Mm -hmm. like they don't soak it for me. They do not help at all. I know. And if you are a diva cup user, you know, that the flow is not just, you know, blue liquid, like they show in the commercials. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's, it's, you know, the lining, it's the endometrium. It's, there's mucus. It's, it's, I got a texture and that's very yes. hard to absorb. Um, so that makes it very difficult. I always found with tampons, like the bottom of it would be kind of soaked through and it yes. would be leaking, but the top part, because 
the the canals on an angle yes. too. So just yes. like even anatomically, it it just never really worked properly. And oh, I just I'll this is a very personal thing for me that for me it's like nails on a blackboard, but that feeling where it's like I know what you're going to say. Kind of dry and it's like sticks and yeah, it's like the, I don't know. For me, that was like, I I even have goosebumps right now just talking about that. Um, That's like a really personal thing for me that I hated. And I just felt I had way better periods with a cup. Um, All of those issues were gone and, and I could go the whole day. I mean, you can wear it up to 12 hours. And I do truly, it's not even, um, it's, it doesn't make sense to know that this exists and to not try it. But then that reminds me of how much I love therapy. This is called the therapy Thursday podcast and who in my family has also tried therapy. None. (laughs) It really reminds me of just how you can do something that can help someone so much, but once they try it, they are changed. And I'm so happy that you've done that. And really getting into that, that deep conversation of how it feels. A lot of us feel scared to talk about what different products feel on our private parts. Like just thinking about private parts feels so intimidating, shameful, even quite embarrassing, which also makes no sense. We all interact with our bodies in quite the same way in the bathroom or in the bedroom or just walking around on your period. I mean, the diva cup, I don't feel a thing. And that I didn't believe though. When I first put it in, I said, I'm touching this cup. How are you not going to feel that? Yeah. It's like contact. So we always used to use Ah. that when we would talk to people because I mean, there's a a lot of people that just still freak out at the idea. I could never wear contacts and put, Mm. touch my eyeball. Um, (laughs) So it's very similar. Once you try it, you're like, oh yeah, it's, it's, you just get used to it. It's not a big deal. But again, I think for me, it was never like, let's change everyone in the world. And I, you know, that would be wonderful if they all used it. Um, But the big thing for me was they deserve to have this option available. And there has been literally no innovation in this category for decades. We're still seeing the same tampons, the same pads. They come out with like, you know, new packaging and it's pretty much the same product. Yeah. Um, just kind of package. Maybe they change things here and there. And there's a lot of chemicals. And like, there's, I'm glad to see there's a lot more natural options now. There's uh, a lot more reusable options, like period underwear, reusable pads. Uh, They're becoming more accepted now too. So I think the whole category is really evolving and consumers' preferences are open to sustainability, which is just from a consumer, uh, a major consumer shift that we've seen. And I'm sure over COVID too, that has made people a lot more conscientious of, of um, their contribution and, and that kind of uh, waste. So it's you had to work really hard with the stigma. Like when I think about, you know, things like a reusable period underwear or a reusable pad liner, I think about, okay, they can create these things because the stigma around letting yourself bleed, which I think Diva Cup did. Like, I remember being so Kelly didn't even know it existed. I knew it existed in high mm-hmm. school. 
because people used to say like only the granola moms like made their kids wear them or like <laughs> it was like the gross thing, right? Yeah. And I remember being like, I'm so scared to let myself bleed. I need something to go inside my body and stop the bleeding was always how I perceived tampons. As the thing that would clog me or like plug yeah. me. Versus oh, wow. Like a, yeah. So it's fascinating right. to think about this. Like I, I remember my tampon experience was like, that's why I hated pads was because pads to me were like, I'm letting myself bleed. It's happening. And I, I know it's happening. A tampon will just plug me up. And then a, a cup to me felt like, oh, okay, I'm letting the bleeding happen. It's pooling. Like there was all these associations with that stigma of like, it's better to just not bleed or try to stop the bleeding than it is to let it flow and let it happen. And so I really think that Diva Cup was integral in this conversation around allowing menstruation to happen in the best way for your body. And then paving the way for these other products as you describe. So I'm curious with your your perception about the stigmas as well, how did your mind shift change when you because you had to market it differently yeah. than a tampon? I we always um we always try to focus on uh the kind of leak proof, um the freedom and convenience, the 12 hour protection. Um, overnight sports. I mean, swimming is a big deal when you're on your period. Yes. That, that's a huge problem. And tampons, like even if you go into a pool or hot tub, all the water goes in. And it's, um, yeah, it's not ideal. So it's, it's just the features itself. I don't, I think there's a lot of benefits, but it's really a mindset thing and getting over, um, getting over the, the fear and yeah. the ick factor, yeah. um, which is something that we're still dealing with today. We still continually have to face, but I loved what you said where it's like, there's actually a shift and, and we're really at Diva trying to promote freedom and, and, you know, being able to be in your body and, and to, to, love that and appreciate all of that it does instead of like let's plug it up like let's let it flow and and just from a practical point um we're we're quite aware that the the cup actually reduces the length of the period because it isn't blocking it so much mm. it's like That's most so people find that their their period is over like a day sooner um because it's not, it's kind of just allowing it to flow. So um, yeah, I hope that we can continue having these conversations. And, and that's why, uh, you know, we've, we've put so much energy and emphasis into education, into advocacy, because there still is a lot of work to be done. Well, you really did that when you produced this incredible film. Can you tell us a little bit about Pandora's Box, Lifting the Lid on Menstruation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's something I'm, I'm really proud of. Um, it, I feel like it was almost kind of an accidental documentary. Um, I was speaking at a, at a conference, the first period con, by the way, in wow. uh, New York City it was at the end of 2017. And I just had a big feeling like this is kind of history. And, and, um, I, I brought a, uh, a film crew to tag along 
And we just started recording these interviews and we had some ideas that like we could really create some more content and, and education materials around this subject. And as we continued to dig in, um, and then it was kind of going to be a short, and then it turned into a full length documentary that we filmed in five countries. It's filmed in Africa, India, the UK, the US and Canada. Uh, It speaks to uh, advocates um, and issues around the world relating to menstrual equity and period poverty, which uh, many people still don't realize they don't know what that is. But there's, you know, half the population uh, in the world that is bleeding every day and they don't have access. Many don't have access to uh, period products. They don't either have access or they can't afford um, products and really are not able to bleed with dignity. Can you share how that impacts them in a societal view? Because obviously there's the physical piece of not having access to products that can make you more comfortable or help you in the day-to-day of having a period. But so much of this advocacy work is on a broader scale around how women are perceived in our culture, in different cultures. What does menstrual poverty do to these women on a day-to-day outside of just their physical experience? Yeah, um, it's huge. It has a huge impact. And there is a misconception that it's mostly happening in developing nations. But the reality is, like, even in Canada, one in four women can't afford period products. So and true. if there's any kind of uh, poverty situation or they're, you know, they're choosing between do I buy groceries for my family um, or do I buy period products, they're, they're going to make do without. And that brings them a lot of shame. They're, they're embarrassed at work. Uh, sometimes they're forced to steal them. Um, and it's it's hard to ask, and it's hard to ask for um, when they're in different put in those situations. Uh, it's just really, really hard to ask for help in that way. And I think that is because of the stigma around around menstruation. But they mostly would rather ask for something that their family needs or you know, diapers or um, something else. But there's, there definitely is a prevailing problem in our society. And people are, there, there are now groups of people, many groups of people talking about this, but I don't think it's really reached the masses. So we're really hoping with this documentary that it will continue to spread the word and to inspire people to to get involved and help in any way they can. Well, it does really mean a lot to me on a personal level too, because so much of my family is not uh, from a first world country, has not experienced American culture conversations, lots of different societal, social, cultural views and experiences that cause them to never even think about themselves. I kind of heard in the fabric of what you're talking about is so many women uh, have no idea that they're allowed to focus on what they would need in those vulnerable times. 
that, that that's like the last thing that they're allowed to even think about is themselves. They are caregivers. They are givers. They are the helpers. And I think Diva Cup is such a perfect way to, in a small way, massively show that there is something that you can do to take care of yourself during such a vulnerable time. And I'm curious what your tip would be for any of us thinking and listening after hearing what you're saying is, in what ways can we advocate for menstrual equality here, like in North America or yeah, Canada? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There, I think there's so much um, that can be done. I'm continue to be blown away by the requests and the amazing organizations that are out there and in every community, even within your own uh, city food banks, they really need um, they need products, but that's only one aspect of menstrual equity. A lot of it has to do with the stigma and shame, continuing these conversations, continuing the normalization and education of boys and girls yes. that oh, about that. periods. And um, there's also some other inequities that that are important um, with regards in the U.S. especially. Canada has has no longer has sales tax on menstrual products, um, but in many countries, especially in the U.S., there's still the majority of states that charge sales tax on on menstrual products. Yet they withhold taxes or their tax exempt items like uh, Viagra and cowboy boots and gun club memberships and and uh, fruit roll ups and like <laughs> things like that that are like considered <laughs> essential that are um, tax exempt, but but menstrual products are not considered. So there's ways that you can get, if you're in the U.S., you know, find out what is happening in your local, um, your local government and, you know, get involved in the advocacy there. And it is changing. I think there's quite a few that have eliminated it now. Um, There's some great organizations, primarily um, one that we love by uh, Jennifer Wise Wolf. Um, called period equity and and she's really led that education around the tax issue but that's just the beginning like this is like the tip of the iceberg it's it's really I I really recommend that people see the film like reach find watch Pandora's box and educate yourself and just like seeing these stories we had uh done we were doing the film festival circuit right before COVID hit and we actually won several awards for the documentary, yeah. which was you like mind-blowing to me. But it's so well done, and the stories are so powerful, and it just touches on a lot of different issues. And we had people coming out of the theater saying, like, I had no idea. Mm. Like, I had no idea this was happening. I want to get involved with these organizations. Um, but there's there's so many, and, and you can follow if you follow us on uh, – social media, you check out our website, our Diva Cup website. We talk and feature a lot of our partners, um, some of our favorites, No More Secrets in Philadelphia. They actually have a um, the first menstrual hub. It's like a safe home for, for women that can come. Um, there's like an office set up. It's just like a safe space for them. And, and they're, they're providing so many free products. They deliver them to people's homes. Like they just do amazing work. Um, operation period and in Canada, like the period purse. And there's so many, there's so many, but 
I, I love that this work is happening and there's definitely ways that, that you can get involved in your community too. So outside of, um, growing internationally and doing the menstrual equity work, what is your next step for Diva as a company and what do you want to continue to tackle? Yeah, we, we definitely will continue this work. It's, it's become so much of who we are and our, our, amazingly passionate team as well and the daily work. And I think continuing to have frank conversations and breaking down stigmas around women's bodies and health and sexuality and, you know, all the facets like menstruation is so important, but there's, there's just so much. And I really personally want to continue that work where we're continuing to evolve diva and develop our organization and our innovation pipeline and and bring more solutions um, for people that can can really change their lives especially for women specifically and I know myself like I've dealt with a lot of different health issues over the years and always had a hard time finding things that were natural that weren't putting chemicals in my body and and so we're, we're continuing to work on that mission. And so it's going to be exciting. The next few years are, are definitely, it's a big evolution for us. And the truth is that we're just getting started. Like we, we've, <laughs> we have a 20 year history, but um, we have big goals and there's, there's much work and, and change to be done. So I hope we can continue advocating for that. Hi everyone. I know for me, sustainability can be so overwhelming and I don't talk about this as often because I'm working on it in my everyday life, but sometimes I just don't know where to start. Like, yes, hello. Of course I want to do my part for mother nature. Oh, Kelly. So true. I have found my own journey to be more eco-conscious is exactly what you just said. It's through my everyday actions and that has been the easiest step for me. So recently I actually bought a water filter for my fridge to replace all those gross plastic bottles. And this one might kind of sound random, but I removed all the paper napkins from my kitchen. So it's just the little things for me right now. Oh my gosh, Danny, that's exactly it for me. My friend... (laughs) My friend Nathan came to visit me for a couple days and he was blown away by the fact that I had no napkins, no paper towels, or even tissues. And that's, okay, here's the thing. It's because my mom taught me to use paper towel to blow my nose as a kid and that just really stuck with me. And since switching from tampons and pads to my reusable Diva Cup in January 2020, I've been practicing sustainability down there. Danny, isn't that wild? Yeah, it is wild. And because it's made from 100% medical grade silicone, it's a healthy and durable option every month. And beyond being reusable, they have launched a pretty incredible recycling program with TerraCycle. So through Diva Recycles, Diva Cup users are actually able to fully recycle their Diva Cups and Diva Wipes packaging. So having a reusable, sustainable option for your period every month can make you feel so much better about your sustainability goals. Ooh, we love to hear it and we love to see that action. If you are looking to make a sustainable shift for your period, head to the episode description to read more about Diva Recycles and why using a Diva Cup may be the perfect solution for your menstrual cycle. Be sure to follow along with at the Diva Cup on Instagram to hear more sustainability and menstrual equity news. 
Uh, Corrine, we love what you're doing, all the action that you've put in and continue to put in. And Danny and I are so excited to continue watching. And all the listeners, I'm sure, are also just so inspired by your personal journey, your mom's personal journey. And seeing two women killing it in a market like this (laughs) is unbelievable to me. And I'm so inspired. Can you please tell everyone where they can watch Pandora's Box? Absolutely. So it's it's currently on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Vimeo On Demand, um, and Voodoo and TVOD streaming services in Canada, Rogers and Shaw. You can you can watch it there. It's like really inexpensive to watch it. So it's not like a thirty dollar movie. It's like I don't know four or five dollars, something like that. So um, watch it, support it. And you can follow also, you know, the Pandora's box journey and and find everything you need to know on our Diva Cup page. We're actually in the process of kind of combining it all into one. Um, one. We had kind of separate things for each thing, but now we're kind of bringing it all together. And so people know really like, who we are and what we're doing and and how they can uh, get involved. And you can follow me too on Instagram at Karine Diva Cup. And my name is C-A-R-I-N-N-E Diva Cup. So follow my journey. I'm a mom too. Like my my own story has been been quite the journey over the years, as you can imagine, what we've mm-hmm. been through and yeah. what we've had to overcome. And I, I'm still still working on. Um, and I actually wrote a book. So my goal is to finish the book and wow. try to release it next year. Um, if, if I, it might be the year after I haven't, I haven't decided it's, it's, um, it's funny. It's like never feels done. <laughs> I, I want to finish it, but it was, so it's been finished three times, but I'm like, no, it's not done. We, we need to keep, uh, um, you know, I just want to offer so much to, to others and inspire others in their journey. And, and especially as an entrepreneur and as a mom yeah. and as a woman. So I think, uh, keep, keep, uh, keep tabs and, and connect with me. And I would love to, you know, build, build more, um, connection on this journey with all of you. Karine, I just have to say as a mom myself, something that really resonated with me that you said was, um, you know, I have a little son and actually this is kind of like not, nobody knows this, but the podcast knows now is I'm expecting a little girl in November. (laughs) And so I've had this, this incredible journey of like raising a son who's now two and now preparing for a woman or a little girl to come into my life who will be a woman. And it just something that resonated with me that you said before was educating not only young girls about menstruation, but young boys as well. And I've always thought so deeply about that and that experience of just how do I give my children the most tools to not only um, advocate for themselves, but advocate for others who don't necessarily have the same ability. And the number one thing I think is, is changing the conversation with menstruation is Boys must be included in that conversation. Men must be included in that conversation because for so long it has been a woman's burden to carry. And when we remove the stigma around it being burdensome, that's one piece of it. But when we also remove the idea that it's only our problem and only our 
issue to deal with, whether that's the physical discomfort, the menstrual equity, as we were talking about, all of these things that kind of intersect with one another, I find it just really impactful to hear somebody like yourself who leads an organization and a company, like truly like you're not even a nonprofit, like you are, you are a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, but you're, you're your heart is to change the the dynamic and the conversation around this. When we include people in that conversation and we make it something that is not just about women, I think that is so incredibly powerful. And I wanted to share that with you because I don't think we talk about that enough. Well, first of all, congratulations. That's very exciting. And uh, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. That that does that really also resonates with me. And I'm sure you're not alone in that, in that in those thoughts. And there's there's um, one thing I learned when we were really doing the documentary is how many grown men now feel um, like share their stories with us, like even behind the scenes and other interviews. Um, that like we had over a thousand hours of footage that we couldn't include everything in the film. Um, But a lot of them felt like they were always told, Oh, don't worry about it. It's not, you don't have to worry about that. And you know, they'd be like, Oh, what's in that bag? Oh no. And it's like, they were, they actually experienced a lot of emotion around that and feeling left out and feeling um, just, like some kind of like it's so secretive. Yeah, it was so secretive. Yeah. It just perpetuates the the problem and it undermines the reality of the lived experience that people who menstruate have. And the fact that yeah, we're in pain and we're expected to just carry on like there it's no big deal and you know, there's there's this lack of empathy and in that area specifically and like even when we were meeting the buyers I went well why would why would we need to change anything in this category well if they understood periods and they understood mm-hmm. what what menstruators were experiencing then they may have you know there yeah there is a burning need for other options because one option is not is not necessarily for everyone but it's um it's going to change and it is changing it has changed a lot and i'm excited to see where else that that will go over the next years it's going to take a long time but we have time we're we're just going to keep going at it and hopefully inspire others to be part of this journey and it's just you know we're contributing where we can but it's it's a movement and it's going to take many, many people and, and hundreds and thousands and millions of conversations to, to actually create change. That's lasting. Well, Danny and I are two that are right there with you. Thank you so much for telling us and being so vulnerable with your story and your success. And I can't wait to keep bleeding into my diva cup. Yes, thank you so much. I feel like we could literally talk for another two hours. Like we this could. was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. You are the best. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Thanks both of you. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Kelly. You're the best.